welcome to a new episode of Supplycast for the Healthcare Supply Association. Today I've got, for the first time, I've got two guests on today that are going to be talking about the edge of health. I've got Mark Melvin, who's from Virtual Stock, um, who are the developer of the edge for health and Lydia Sullivan from NHS said Business Services, who are a partner in the Edge for Health. Um, so first of all, to start off with, um, thank you for joining us, Mark and Lydia. Uh, the first question, I guess, is just to explain a little bit about the Edge for Health and what it does for those people who aren't already familiar with it. So who would like okay. to go first? Well, I'll jump in there, Mark. You were okay. both very keen. No, no, we were. We both we were. jumped in there. <laughs> We're excited about it, Briggs, and it's uh, great to be talking to you. Thank you. Uh, So the idea behind uh, Edge for Health and indeed the partnership with Virtual Stock was to bring that uh, retail, more consumer, uh, end user friendly experience to ordering and uh, procure to pay for the uh, NHS teams, as well as some increased functionality. So a lot of the systems out there uh, focus very much on on the finance side, and there's a real need for finding products more easily and creating the perfect order to reduce wasted time uh, with the uh, the procurement teams who are already stretched and looking to deliver that great service to the front line. Mark, did you want to add anything? Yeah, and I think for us, you know, the importance was working with an organisation such as NHS Shared Business Services who had that background and real understanding of the healthcare sector. So I think that's where the partnership has been such a successful one and continues to to grow and and move forward because we from Virtual Stock obviously brought that retail experience and that experience that a technology company brings in terms of how we develop the product. Um, And then we've got that experience of, you know, working with the NHS, the governance and the rollout um, that SBS brings. So I think we've got two organisations that bringing the best of both worlds in, in the product and also how we work together to, to those end NHS customers. Mark, just for a second, I was thinking to myself about how Virtual Stock obviously, is, as you say, used originally based uh, uh, in retail, was where the sweet spot was. How did the idea come about of, hey, look, this is something that could be really useful for healthcare. How did that sort of conversation uh, develop and then perhaps maybe how you just you found um, you know the right partner in NHS shared business services. Yes, the real catalyst um, for virtual stock moving into health was the Carter report. Um, that was a catalyst where you know the re- the review that was done there and retail was being looked at as a sector that, that did some things particularly well. Um, so that that was the driver and, and the contact and through a number of relationships that the business had and a gentleman called Rob Knott, um, who many people will listen to his podcast mm-hmm. will know. Um, that that's how the, the involvement started. Um, but we very much had a had a blank piece of paper in terms of okay, we've got a retail platform. We know how you know John Lewis or or an Aldi want to work. You know now we need to go and understand how how the NHS work. Uh, and because of you know. SBS's position in the market and also SBS looking out to the market at a similar time. It's one of the one of those things that you know becomes fortuitous and looking at the market of how they can bring new technology to their customers and how they can innovate. That partnership really, really came together. Um, and without that initial footprint into the market, you know, we, we wouldn't have made the rollout um, gains that, that we have. Um, so, yeah, it was one of those great uh, scenarios of timing, probably, Bruce, <laughs> more than anything. It was not really a great strategic decision in terms of thinking about, like, we're definitely going to go into healthcare in 2015. Yeah. It was the report, the requirements, mm-hmm. and I was looking at those requirements and thinking, yeah, actually, we, we can really help here. Um, you know, and our founders and our shareholders had a real, you know, 
moment a real vision where they thought they could you know really support the nhs in the cost savings mm-hmm. and the targets it's something we knew we could deliver and i think you know working in that sector is particularly inspirational it's something that got a lot of people in our business excited as well mm-hmm. um about you know helping that sector and so what is the um what's the kind of um coverage that that the edge of health now has as regards to nhs trusts and hospitals yeah, so in terms of trust that are fully integrated into our, into our platform, and what I mean by that is trust that are now linking the Edge of Health into their ERP um, and using it as their standalone system. There's over 20 trusts now um, that, that are using using the system in that way um, with the rollout uh, continuing to many more um, with SBS uh, this year. Um, we as Virtual Stock have also started working in the Republic of Ireland. Um, so we're working with a number of the large hospitals in, in and around Dublin. So, um, you know, we've, we've really gathered some momentum um, and we've got a really good customer base now. Okay, and Lydia, how does it? Um, how do you? you obviously, you know, virtual. You've got this partnership there, um, working together. How important was it in terms of what NHS Shared Business Services are looking to do that they were able to come and come together to form this partnership with the Edge for Health? Yeah, it was it was really important for us. I think building on what on what Mark was saying there, uh, the whole reason we were uh, set up in NHS Shared Business Services was to bring that investment and uh, that sort of single uh, use experience that's repeatable for all of the NHS uh, to to the front line and to the organisations that 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 we work with and, and anybody that, that that wants to. So we really saw the opportunity to provide uh, an innovative product to really improve on the way things were working uh, and support the NHS teams really maximise on their uh, on the time they spent within the procurement teams in terms of creating items on systems, uh, giving access to the right products, uh, supporting their healthcare colleagues in selecting the right item, uh, but then making that flow through to any of their other systems. So interoperability is, is really key uh, so that we could minimise the, uh, the expense or the cost of change for customers so they could use their existing inventory management systems, finance systems that they had in place uh, that allowed them to get the real benefits from the Edge for Health in their teams uh, with with minimal change and that supported the trajectory they were already on. I think, Bruce, that interoperability piece is absolutely key. Um, I've worked in healthcare for over 10 years now across a few different parts of the healthcare system, um, particularly in the patient record area where interoperability agenda um, has been talked about for a long, long time. And that was really important for us at Virtual Stock with, with what we did was to make sure the system was interoperable and was going to fit into those existing systems and the data was going to be provided a- across the board. That was something that really important to me personally and the business that that happens. Um, and to us, coming, again, coming from that retail background, it was just obvious that that should happen when we go into a large retail we're coming into a real mixed ecosystem and these retail are not ripping and replacing systems it was important that we could come in and bring our solution and, and work around those systems of choice and those best of breed systems that, that hospitals had um, so that, that's been vital really in the success and you know we've got those integrations with oracle and ingenica with genesis and other erp systems as well um, and that's vital going forward whatever trust decide to procure in, in different areas of system we want the data to be available and we want the system to integrate 
I think that's uh, that's key, Mark, because that that data piece is really important for the procurement teams. So to really uh, allow them to have a consistent data set and the best possible data set that's uh, really up to date is completely accurate to uh, allow their end users to uh, to even select the right items in the first place, but also to inform what is being purchased and uh, support them with their contracting decisions and how they uh, make get value for money and maximise on their budgets was. Uh, is, is really important so it's not just around that that user experience and that kind of front end piece but also throughout the whole function how can we support the procurement teams and the wider NHS organizations make really good decisions around how they spend their money and uh, and how they manage their budgets and I think that's a, that was a real important thing for us too. Okay so you've got this partnership you've got the edge for health you're, you're, you're rolling along quite nicely, if I might, if I might use that term. Um, then suddenly COVID-19 um, happens, and then fairly quickly within COVID-19, the, you know, the, the big issue with PPE comes along. And, and, and you know, I, you know my um, our relationship with the Healthcare Supply Association, I know how that hit. I know how severely that hit. And I know the pressure that it put on people that were already you know, working under a degree, degree of pressure. How did you react to that? That first wave of COVID where it's come along and then suddenly we've got the issue of PPE. People say we don't have enough of it. It's not the right quality. We can't get hold of it. Um, how did you guys, as part of the Edge for Health, think, wait, there's an opportunity to help here? Can you take me a little bit, maybe perhaps mark yourself first? How you reacted to that? What the conversations were at the time where you thought, listen, we can play a role in trying to deal with this major issue around uh, procurement PPE at the time? Yeah, so we, we saw it from, from two sides, really, the, the hospital and the trust side and the supplier side. And the first real demand got driven from, from the hospitals and trusts. And it was the ones that weren't using the Edge of Health already, um, but heard of the Edge of Health and knew it was a marketplace that had a, you know, millions of products in there and could connect mm. hospitals and suppliers together. And those organisations were reaching out to us, um, asking if they could have access. And it wasn't something that we'd ever done before in terms of, you know, it'd always been a project to roll out the Edge of Health and integrate it into systems. Um, but working with, with NHS SBS, we very quickly realised we needed to make this available as a standalone platform that people could just log into as a marketplace to, to have access to that. Um, so that's something we did and we made the NHS, we made the Edge for Health available across the NHS. So we just asked organisations to get in touch with us um, to get access. And then the second side was the supplier community who really did want to help and, and didn't know the right way to engage with, with hospitals. And you had a lot of... Um, you know, stories in the press of the government urging people to switch production lines and if they had reach out to them to, to get that to the front line. A lot of suppliers didn't know how to do that. So we started getting suppliers engaged with us asking to put to put products on the edge for health. Um, so we had you know a number of new suppliers coming on board to do that. But an absolute key thing, and this is where, again, we, I think the important part of the PPE working with the suppliers on PPE was making sure that the suppliers that were coming on were legitimate suppliers with a track record in healthcare 
Um, and that's where we worked really closely with with Lydia and her team and NHS Share Business Services to make sure anything was coming onto the edge for health um, was correct. And, and Lydia will be able to touch on more in terms of her team and how they did that. But I think, again, that was a real good way to show how the edge for health was becoming a controlled and managed marketplace. You know, it just, just it wasn't a wild west of, of products. It was really important. We had that control because there was such demand and need from NHS trusts. We, we, we needed people to know that we're, they were dealing with legitimate suppliers. Um, and we saw so many cases of procurement directors reaching out on LinkedIn and Twitter asking if they knew mm. anyone that had stock and the edge for health felt a much better way to do that in terms of that you know controlled marketplace and community and um, where that could be managed. Lydia? Yeah uh, absolutely so building on what Mark was saying there the, uh, the checks in terms of that legitimacy that, w that we did with the supply chain was very much understanding from the suppliers uh, what routes they already had what contracts they already had and what uh, assurances and certifications they had for their products to make sure that those things that the uh, NHS teams were accessing were the, were the real deal. There, um, and in addition to that once we had reached out to, the, uh, to all of the NHS NHS teams, we'd made things available for them, we'd increase the range of products uh, by uh, increasing the marketplace and the items that were available on the edge for help for people to search and find. Uh, we also worked closely with the central PPE team to signpost people into the, uh, into the correct methods as that came on stream also, so that we made sure that all of those links and accesses were, uh, were all happening in, in the right places uh, to support the NHS teams as much as possible. I think oh, just to add as yeah. well, sorry, Bruce. I think just to add, I think you know, the, obviously the headlines were very much you know PPE related and, and the requirement around mm. stock levels. But there were other shortages of other products. Like there was just a general feeling of mm. people needing supply as particular healthcare settings were becoming overwhelmed. So, and suppliers weren't able to necessarily go on site and, and communicate um, in, in the same way they, they were with hospital trusts. So yes, we had, you know, companies with PPE approaches, but, you know, it was much broader than that as well, because there was a real sense of the supplier community wanting to help out the NHS how, yeah. however they could um, and get the products to market in, in the right way. Um, so yes, there were, you know, there's an element around the P PPE side, and but we were trying to make sure we were you know, going along with how it wanted to be centrally managed and how the government were doing that. So we were driving people down down the right routes, um, but just more generally supporting, you know, the supply across the NHS. And we had a lot of care homes, GP practices, not just the traditional, you know, settings that you, you might think. There was everyone involved across the health and care setting were reaching out, requiring access uh, to the edge of health. Yeah. How rewarding was that period? I mean, being able to kind of not, not just be a, you know, a supplier yourself, you know to the industry but but to actually play a role in trying to help at, at that point yeah it, it is when you look back and reflect on it, i suppose in the grand scheme of things you know what we were doing compared to what was happening on the front line and the people that were managing this was small you know it it, mm. it, it just felt like you know the, the obvious thing to do in terms of making it available and it, it felt a small contribution in the grand scheme of things but you know i, I think that was the thing you know across the board it was really impressive from everyone in the health tech community, the health supplier community, you know, everyone was sort of pulling in the same direction, working together to do those things. So absolutely, yeah, I think working in healthcare, um, you know, broadly all time for it has been rewarding. I've certainly found that in my career, um, you know, but at, at that time it felt a very small part compared to other things that were going on in the NHS. Yeah, I'd echo that, Mark. I think we uh, we all just uh, knuckled down, got on with it the same as everybody else and tried to help as much as we could. Uh, but uh, looking back, absolutely proud to have supported 
supported wherever we could, uh, recognising that we uh, we were just a very small part of that uh, jigsaw and helping the teams get what they needed. Okay, so you know, I'm aware of the fact that when you talk to people, I talk to people that are involved in procurement, and the general feeling at the moment, even though obviously we're on a um, you know second wave of COVID, uh, we're in a third national lockdown. Um, the feeling is the PPE situation is is now to a large degree under control, um, but the, the, the issues that were there during during the first wave uh, are not being seen so much. Although obviously there's no room for complacency from everyone that's involved in there, and that they don't, and that certainly you know is something that they they wouldn't they would indulge in getting complacent about the situation. But now the PPE situation is a lot calmer. Um, what are you doing now? What is the situation now? What's, the, what's, what's it like for the Institute of Health now in the current scenario with this current second wave of COVID? I think that uh, the teams where things have stabilised a, a, a little are certainly starting to look at okay, we've understood that there wasn't an, an issue and we needed to uh, make sure that we had good visibility and good access to items. So, uh, those uh, organisations that we are working with, and we found that people have come to us saying, uh, we, we, we need a better solution for this. Uh, and we've been working with them to say, this is what the Edge for Health can offer you. This is how we can support you get that, uh, that, that order uh, right first time, that efficiency for, uh, for yourself and, and, and your end users. So it's around the, uh, the bigger piece, really, they, uh, and making sure that there's everything sort of fit for the future and, and, and relevant and learning from the, uh, from the experiences over the, the first sort of initial hit. Yeah, and I think it's an opportunity that's a, it's a allowing people going forward now to reflect on what's worked, what hasn't worked, and look at what we can change. You know, I think you know we we've all known people who maybe work in the, the sector and the industry some of the challenges um, that have been around procurement over the years. I think it's the first time it's probably been front page news um, and really yeah. shone the spotlight on it. Um, and people are starting to think about how it can be improved and, and what can change going going forward. Um, but again, I think you know the industry has adapted really well to it. But now we've got an opportunity to build on that. Um, and, and learn the lessons from it. So, going forward, seems you kind of like gave me a little, you opened a little door for me to go through there. Looking forward, how do you see the edge for health developing? Um, Lelina, let's let's be positive and, and try and look beyond COVID. You know, let's hope that things by you know we don't know, but let's hope by the time we get towards the certainly by the third quarter of this year, there's some sort of normality. How do you see the edge for health developing post-COVID? Yes, I think Go oh God, we're both keen again, Mark. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Go on, Lydia, you start. Thanks, Mark. Uh, I guess from my perspective, it's around uh, supporting uh, organisations who've got an interest in improving the areas we're talking around here and how we can support them with Edge for Health, how we can help them develop on their tech journey but also there's a lot happening in healthcare at the moment so with the uh, integrated care systems stps coming together and looking at how they can generate those efficiencies and that sort of more standardized way of working the uh, the edge for health really can really support that in terms of that common thinking common understanding and contracting of of items so there's there's a lot to think of there but in terms of the product itself from uh, from my side is we've got a real key in interest in making sure the user ex experience is, is the best that it can be and continuing to, to grow and in, improve and work on that functionality. Uh, so there's a uh, so there's another uh, piece of functionality I think is uh, or 
walk me, that although Mark will tell me off if I've got that wrong, they, uh, to, uh, to support the teams that are using it, which we're trialling. And that essentially has pop-up balloons that helps the end user, guides them through the process all the way through. So all these little additions and, and, and improvements through the system uh, that help us move forward and starting to work with those using the system and other end users to really grow that to be the best it possibly can. Because the, the, the worst thing ever would be for the for the tech just to stand still we need to make sure it's flexible agile and is supporting the nhs not just now and in their current needs but can grow with them as they as they need needs develop and improve across the future yeah and from a from a technology roadmap point of view that that's the key for us it's about delivering the functionality that's going to give the biggest value um to the users um you know and that's the supplier community and, and the hospitals and that feedback from the nhs and partners like nhs sbs you know drives that agenda um that, that we have and, and, and push that forward in terms of the functionality um walk me lydia is, is right is the right one so that's, uh, that's a good one i think anything we can do to, to you know drive user adoption and make things simpler quicker more efficient um, I think it's key. We've been doing some really interesting work with an organisation called Behavioural Insights, looking at different ways that people interact with systems and how things can be made more efficient, which we're moving into the platform. And, and then, you know, a bit more medium to long term, where we'd like to go is introduce some of other areas of functionality, particularly around order management and invoicing in the platform. That, that's something that we know there's a, a demand and a requirement for um, in the market for people to have that greater visibility of what happens to their order and tracking that through the edge for health um but you know very much will you know we'll take those those requirements and needs from from the user base um so yeah there's, there's a whole host of uh, functionality in, in in the pipeline um but that'll be shaped ultimately by by where the users want to go great well i think um that sounds really exciting that sounds really exciting for, for the future i'm sure you know in 2020 you must you know learn so much everyone has been a big learning experience hasn't it um, so I guess uh, Lydia, what was if you could pick up one the, the one thing that you think you learned from twenty twenty and everything that's happened? Notes how I'm trying to I'm trying to box it into twenty twenty <laughs> in the hope that I'm refusing to go into twenty twenty one. Let's 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 hope that twenty twenty one's going to be be positive. So let's let's consign it to twenty twenty. What um what was if there was one thing you, you've learned from twenty twenty going through that? What would it be from the point of view of your, your involvement with the Edge Health? Yeah, I think from my perspective, it's been the uh, the real need for the health family to have consistency and commonality. So around uh, whether that is as simple as uh, contracting for for the same items and standardising those goods, which uh, which is, is is a long way down the track, or looking at the systems, accessing their data. That health family approach to delivering those things uh, and that understanding and visibility of the data uh, is is really important important that um, with those items in place the health family the strength that it gives them uh, across the commercial and procurement space uh, is, uh, is is really key so that that's my one takeaway is how do we maximize on supporting the teams to, uh, to really realizing that vision mark yeah I, th I think for me it really crystallized and made clear for me you know what the edge for health should be going forward and, and what the strengths are um, of the edge for health and we talked about some of them on, on the podcast earlier but that fact that you've got a marketplace with a wide range of suppliers but then you've got that ability to, to be able to control that to the end users and, and, and mask those products down 
Um, so, so that that really gave clarity of, of you know the marketplace and where it should be and, and how it should fit within an organisation. And it's really helped to shape where we're going in the future as well. So you know what have been the the challenges that organisations have had. You know the order side of things again we touched on, but having that visibility and being able to you know track those orders through a system something we all take for granted in many other areas of our our lives. But yeah. speaking to procurement directors who just they were ordering extra items to they just didn't have that confidence that things were arriving what the stock levels were of their supplier base so uh, i think for me it's really brought into focus you know where where we should go um and, and how we can work together with with that entire community going forward okay that that's awesome now listen you're not you're not going to get away that easy because we are now going to leave 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 that stuff to one side and we are going to close as we usually do on the podcast by um, asking just a couple of uh, 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 questions to try and t- tease out a bit of personal preference out of you. Um, I'm sure in lockdown, you've been listening to a lot of music, watching a lot of films, watching a lot of Netflix. Um, so the, the question I'd like to ask at the end is, if you could only, it's kind of like, I kind of think it's a bit like uh, Desert Island Supplies. <laughs> instead of Desert Island Discs. What would be the one, if you could take one album or one song, if that's easier, um, and one film, and they're the only film you could watch for the rest of your life, it's the only album or song you can listen to for the rest of your life, what would they be? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that, putting me on the spot there, Bruce. They, uh, <laughs> the, so I'm very much a box set girl, so uh, I think the uh, I've spent a lot of time uh, revisiting Game of Thrones over the uh, over the lockdown period. So if I could take that box set, I think I'd be set for life because there's so much mm-hmm. going on with it, and every time you watch it, you, you notice a new thing. Uh, and I think in terms of the um, in terms of music, uh, I like I've got a real eclectic sort of taste for music. But I'd like a bit of a, an eighties pop playlist would mm-hmm. uh, would would do me. I think dancing around your handbags and a bit of cheesy pop does a uh, does everybody a bit of good. Maybe something like now that's what I call music. Yeah. Nineteen eighty eight or something like that. Yeah, that that, that works fine for me. Right, uh, eclectic. A uh, couple of choices there, Game of Thrones and 80s pop. Um, Mark, I'm afraid I'm going to ask you the same question. I, I, I was looking at you there on, on, the, on the video, I could see you thinking hard. <laughs> just just, just so, so, so many choices. Um, mm. in, in terms of the, the, the music, um, I'd probably go with, with an Oasis album, maybe some fact, definitely, maybe. Always hard mm. to say as a Yorkshireman, really, going after a, a Manchester based <laughs> they, they are They are my, uh, my favourite band and favourite music. So if I had to have one album, it, it would definitely be an Oasis album. Mm. Um, I'm exactly the same as Lydia in terms of much prefer box sets to. to to, to, okay. to film yeah so so it, you're saying that your music on the desert island would definitely be definitely maybe definitely maybe um, yeah. definitely yeah. definitely be definitely maybe um and uh and but you uh, you're going for you're going to go for a box set as well yeah. i'll allow it I'm, I'm going to go for a box set. So I'm going to go for a box set that I watched during during lockdown, actually, mm. um, which is called Succession, um, which is all okay, about like, the yes. media yes, empire. I, I think it's yeah. you know very much focused on what the Murdochs might be like, um, but it, it's, yeah. it's so different to, uh, to to the real life or the world as I can imagine it. Um, it's a bit of an escapism that, but for a very very good, um, a very very good watch. I think Series Three is coming out this year, so it if, is. Any chance of uh, that coming out while we're still in lockdown? That would be that would be great. <laughs> that would get you through lockdown quite nicely. 
Okay, that's brilliant. Listen, thanks for joining me, Mark and Lydia. It's been great hearing about the Edge Trail and um, also hearing about your uh, particular taste in, in music and, as it turned out, TV box sets at the end, but we'll allow it. So, and best of luck in the future with the, um, with the Edge for Health in 2021 and beyond. Uh, that's the end of this week's episode of Supplycast. Uh, make sure you join us next week. And, oh, by the way, we are now on Spotify. So if that's where, as a lot of you are, like to get your podcasts from, you can find us on there now, searching HTSA Supplycast. Bye.